from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Happy Monday and good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. It's Monday, October 30th, 2023. It's great to be here with all of y'all. I hope everyone had a relaxing, enjoyable weekend as much as one can possibly have in this day of age. So we've got a packed show today, some vulnerability stuff that we really ought to be talking about, as well as, for those who haven't been paying attention, Black Hat's under a lot of pressure. Um, And we'll get to that on this show as well. So don't go anywhere today. We're packed. Let's go ahead and get started on this morning's show. But we are live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, now X, Twitch, Rumble, and many other platforms, including your favorite podcast listening platforms. Please make sure to follow us and subscribe. If this is your first time tuning into the show, we do something really awesome here. We cheers over coffee on a morning. Coffee cup cheers, y'all. Those wondering, it's my double espresso. It's a Lavazza double espresso. God bless the Italians and their espressos. Go ahead and kick off this morning with F5 on Thursday, warning customers of a critical severity vulnerability in its big IP product. The new CVE for big IP, which typically tends to come once every six months, is 2023-46747, has a CVSS score of 9 or 0.8. It's impacting the traffic management user interface of the solution. The vulnerability would allow an unauthenticated attacker to execute arbitrary code remotely and that all the attacker would need is network access to the big i3 system through either the management port or a self ip address to execute arbitrary system commands there is no data plane exposure there's a control plane issue only according to f5 so there's that um the flaw could be closely related to cve 2022-26377 a request smuggling flaw in the apache http server which could be exploited to bypass authentication and execute commands as root so there's that there's no malicious exploitation of it at the moment in the wild so they make no mention of that but you want to make sure you get that addressed ukrainian attackers have temporarily disabled internet service in parts of the country's territory that have been occupied by russia a group of cyber activists known as the it army said on telegram that their didos attack took down the russian isp miranda media uh, Krim Telecom and Merit Telecom operating in those territories. It's another blow to the Russian uh, occupation there or, or, or takeover of parts of uh, Western Ukraine. Uh, earlier on Friday, uh, Russian ISPs confirmed that they had experienced an unprecedented level of DDoS attacks from Ukraine. And this battle, by the way, between Russia and the Ukraine, well, the last three weeks, everyone's been focused on Israel, and, and I think Putin's really liking it, other than the fact that he hosted a Hamas group, uh, a leadership group in Russia, other than the fact that yesterday in uh, Dagestan, in Russia, there was a modern-day pogrom when the Muslim uh, population there heard that there was a flight coming from Tel Aviv. They broke into the airport asking passengers if they were Jewish. Um in the year is 2023. What you heard me say is absolutely true. It's on Telegram. I'll post it on some of our social media later today for those who don't that haven't seen it. It's it's absolutely disturbing. They're walking around with the Palestinian terrorist flags um, and uh, looking for Jews to apparently assault or kill. Um, so 
uh, a modern day lynching of sorts. Um, so the stuff in Russia is really not going very good for uh, uh, Putin as cyber activity has really taken front f- face there, uh, front, f- sorry, a front attack there in Russia with Ukrainians really starting to hammer on the Russian infrastructure. Russia's obviously spread a bit thin. And so, um, and by the way, Russia's directly impacted by this. So there's a few things that go here. One, Russia doesn't want to lose Iran um, as an ally. But if Iran gets involved in, in the war with what's going on between Israel and Hamas, then Iran goes, boom, that's war. Additionally, Russia understood that with everyone focused on what's going on in Gaza between Israel and Hamas, no one's really paying attention to them. Not really true. The Europeans are. Um, the people who are most threatened still are. And Ukraine is still getting a ton of uh, uh, infrastructure support from those countries there. And additionally, now if Iran gets busy in a multiple war front, meaning Hezbollah, Syria, and Gaza, if that all happens to, to go to go out, that could impact the supply chain that uh, Russia is getting from Iran. So be mindful of the greater geopolitical picture here. Um, the reason you, you hear a lot of warmongers talking World War III, if this happens, if that happens, not really. You could see Iran stakeholders having to go telling them those guys, like, you're just going to have to take the L here. Um, and that could very well be the case. And that's why Hezbollah still remains on the sideline. They're kind of doing drops just to keep the Israelis on, on uh, alert but they're, they haven't really done anything major yet. Um, and, and the reason for that is because they don't want to get into it because they do realize the fight in Lebanon would be different from the fight in Gaza. Lebanon would be, would be anything south of Beirut would be taken back to the stone age at that point. There'd, there'd be no stopping that. So there's that there as well. Ukraine for their, for their part are also experiencing cyber attacks, by the way, we've seen some telegram channels where, uh, the Russians are still attempting to disrupt uh, uh, government operations in the Ukraine, um, but we'll see as this battle continues there in that front. A new Hunters International ransomware is a rebrand of Hive. Well, they're saying possible, but really they're sharing similar code for those who don't know. Um, they're leading to a valid assumptions that they're coming up under a different flag, which is very, by the way, it's very. Um, um, it's, it's it's normal for this to happen um what you'll do is 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 law enforcement will shut down a ransomware group they'll go away they'll come back they'll recover some of that code and then they'll come back under a different name hunters international is the name of this group uh and they append their encryption with the locked extension to everything else so we'll see how that goes um and take it from there y'all um so there's that for those guys a safari side channel attack is enabling browser theft that's part of the massive update launched by apple last week researchers have developed a side channel exploit for apple cpus enabling sophisticated attackers to extract sensitive information from browsers while side channel attacks are usually overlooked, counterparts to traditional software hacks, the uh, unsecured password or a vulnerability program that may take advantage of extra information, these side channel attacks 
could be really, really significant, including the Spectre back in 2008. Um, and Apple for their end um, is going there. They've named this iLeakage, by the way, and it takes advantage of the A and M series Apple Silicon CPU capacity to perform speculative execution. It's a method by which modern CPUs predict tasks before they're even prompted in order to speed up information processing. This technique has been around for over 20 years, and all modern CPUs use it as significantly speeds up processing, even accounting for times and might get the anticipated instruction wrong. Uh, the rub is in the cache inside the CPU holds a lot of valuable data, including what might be staged for upcoming instructions. So this is a successor to Meltdown and Spectre, essentially for Apple iPhone users are especially affected. Anything with a Safari browser there. The Electra leak crypto jacking attacks are exploiting AWS IM exposed IM credentials exposed on GitHub. This is the new ongoing campaign dubbed Electra leak. It's set its eyes on exposed Amazon identity access management credentials within public GitHub repositories to facilitate crypto jacking attacks. This is coming after the Unit 42 team for Palo Alto Networks with researchers William Gamazzo and Nathaniel Quest uh, talking about in a technical report shared with the team over at the Hacker News. The threat actors associated with the campaign were, uh, were able to create multiple AWS EC2 instances and then they used it for a wide-ranging and long-lasting crypto-jacking operations. Some of these operations active since December of 2020 is designed to mine Monroe from as many as 474 unique Amazon EC2 instances between August 30th and October 6th. The standout aspect of the attack is the automated targeting of AWS IAM credentials within four minutes of their initial exposure on GitHub, indicating the threat actors are programmatically cloning and scanning the repositories to capture these exposed keys. The adversaries have also been observed block listing AWS accounts and publicize IAM credentials in what's likely seen as an effort to prevent further analysis of the work they're doing. The mining software used to carry out the crypto jacking is fetched from a Google Drive URL highlighting the pattern of malicious actor leveraging the trust associated with widely used applications to fly under those radars. So they are detecting and launching a whole bunch of that. And our final story for this morning, for those who don't know or, or haven't been paying attention over uh, the weekend, uh, essentially since about late last week, um, there's been a movement, and you've probably seen this, Sentinel-1, Wiz. Um, a lot of Israeli companies said that they are pausing their cooperation with Black Hat. We've done the same here at the CyberHub Podcast, and there is a reason for that as well. One of the training board, training board review, one of the training review board members of Black Hat, a gentleman by the name of Mohammed El-Dawab from Kuwait, has been very, very uh, anti-Semitic. Uh, exposing uh, Jewish blood libel and so much more on his X page, uh, formerly known as Twitter. This was brought to my attention by a friend of the show, Idona or of Security Joes. And we started uh, reaching out to Black Hat, asking them, how is this acceptable? Black Hat has not replied to any sort of uh, request other than to post this community and conduct note on October 26th, uh, 28th, sorry. And remove him from their website but no official statement has been done from black hat which is a bit unacceptable not a bit unacceptable extremely unacceptable here's the thing you can be all you can take a side in this fight and if you want to be on the wrong side of history be my guest um i've, I've talked about this early on 
uh, in, in after the uh, attack by Hamas on innocent Israeli civilians. Um, the more stories that keep coming out of Israel of what these 1,400 victims went through, some of it was under censor, and they're realizing, the Israeli government has realized that we got to talk about those atrocities, even though it hurts the families and many of us. Um, one of the stories that got published over the weekends was a Hamas terrorist went into a family house, killed the father, put the baby in the oven, and raped the mother. They found the baby in the oven on the highest heat. They they burned the baby to death, those assholes, those terrorists, those devils. So Black Hat for their end um, have not responded to this at all. A lot of companies have paused all sponsorships with Black Hat until Black Hat takes a firm stand against anti-Semitism. Muhammad El-Dawab, for his end, calls he doesn't refer to Jews by Jews. He refers to them by Zionists, um, which is just a modern-day blood libel against Jews who believe in the one and only Jewish homeland, which is Israel. Um, so until Black Hat decides to take a public stand saying, we've kicked him off our board, he's not welcome back, we don't condone anti-Semitism, we understand this war, some people support Palestinians, some people support Israel, um, but blatant anti-Semitism, there's plenty of examples of that on his X page. I am, I would love to have shared those with y'all, and, and I've actually got his uh, the page of the devil pulled up here in front of all y'all. Um, um, and, and and the link is in the show notes. You guys can go and see his uh, blood libel propaganda. Even though um, a lot of the stuff has been, uh, some of the stuff he's posting on there is just 1938 nazi germany stuff so uh with that being said until black hat publicly condemns him and says he's off their board we'll be pausing all sponsorships um all participation in any black hat event uh going forward so that's it for our show today that's why you're seeing a lot of companies pull out of black hat um and so uh we'll we'll see if black hat this week decides to do the same thing and if black hat hasn't picked up just look up the Web Summit and Paddy Cosgrove um, and what he said and what that cost the Web Summit team there, uh, an event that went from 50% attendance to almost 50% less attendance with all major companies pulling out of the event. Um, so Black Hat, be advised. Uh, we don't mind debating respectfully different political debates across this issue. What we won't debate is anti-Semites. And Muhammad al-Dawab is one of those. That's it for the show, y'all. We'll be back tomorrow with a whole lot more. Until then, have a great rest of your day. Stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.